I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Hello and welcome to another JB's Quick Hits here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. You never know when or what the rolling stone of the NC2A or college sports will unearth. And I have the latest here next here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving, pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. chose me so i hit the track running like a nosebleed life ain't great now but it's much improved your album dropping this summer that sucks for you because this is bubba's moment i put my mother on it i said my mama it seems as if i love her don't it so buckle up because it's gonna get bumping welcome back to the latest episode of the jb's low tech podcast another nc2a quick hits because the stone keeps turning And as I told you people in the last few quick hits, we don't know these people and we put way too much trust in these people. They just can't get out of their own way. They keep, uh, try to keep athletes down. They try to hide the truth. And these are the people that you watch game day or Fox uh, pregame show on Saturday or whatever and tells you they're great leaders of men and women and whatnot. And you know what they are? They're just like us. They're human beings. Well, let's start off with this one. It's an oldie but a goodie. Colorado may finally make a decision to either stay in the Pac-12, or leave and go back, and that's correct, go back to the Big 12. And you say, what is at the heart of this? What else? Money. The Pac-12 does not have a TV contract starting for next year, and the Big 12 does. And uh, Pac-12 seems it can't get out of its own way to... uh, even get a TV contract done. They're uh, 
the the rumors are anywhere from the CW, which the ACC is on. That's right, the CW, and I'm not talking about country and western television. I'm talking about the CW, and uh, a lot of streaming on Apple. Now, streaming has not taken off with the uh, with the NFL, so the Pac-12 really could be taking their chances here. But every time they set a date, a possible date, to make an announcement for a media contract, it just gets kicked down the can even more, which is frustrating schools like Colorado's and other in the Pac-12. But Colorado seems to be the school that has been making the biggest flirtations to leave. Understand Colorado is um, – Colorado – fits with the Pac-12 in the way, you know, research schools and all these things, the the way things, the schools do things in those conferences. But Colorado wants the money, and they want the TV exposure for their programs, which then leads to more. And these schools have finally figured this out. They figured the more that their programs are on big-time televisions on the first, the first slotted game or the second slotted game, the more kids may say, hey, I want to go to Colorado to go to school. So these colleges have figured that out too. Um, also, Colorado, this is just odd. Colorado has uh, lost about $70 million since it's moved to the Pac-12. And that's, you know, part of that is, yes, the exit fee they paid to the Big 12 to leave, but also some bad TV contracts signed by the Pac-12 in recent years. And now they're even on hook for some uh, fees for an office that the conference never used and also for overpayments to the conference by their their Pac-12 partner uh, network partner, who's overpaid the conference, and all the schools will have to pay back some money. So Colorado has lost about seventy million dollars. They're tired of losing money. They don't want to be invisible to the world. So they want. They want to run to green, what they think are greener pastures back in the Big 12. Now, I keep saying back in the Big 12. Colorado was an original member of what, what was then called the Big 8. And that was Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Missouri, Colorado, and Nebraska. As you can see, Missouri is now in the SEC Colorado is in the Pac-12, Nebraska is in the Big Ten, and Oklahoma is soon to join the SEC. So as you can see, the the Big Eight has, as it was called then, and then the Big 12 has taken some hits. And that's mainly because of the tomfoolery of Texas starting their own network and doing other things. Texas just thought they can run run shot in the Big 12 once they joined it, and uh, it has caused other schools to to leave the conference. Here's another fun fact for some people: in the 
what was the original Big Eight or the Big Six? It was called, or the Missouri. It was called the Missouri Valley Intercollegiate Conference before that. Drake, Wash U, and Grinnell were members with schools like Iowa State and Kansas and Kansas State and Missouri and Colorado and Nebraska. So it's just odd to see how that wheel just keeps turning and some, some schools get spit out and some hang on and move on and and move on to the next. Now, you, uh, Colorado left the Big 8 in the, the year the school year 2011-2012. And as I stated earlier, because of that and the fee to leave, bad TV contracts and other fees, they have spent or lost $70 million. So they're tired of losing money. They have no faith in the uh, Pac-12 commissioner, Mr. Uh, Kliakoff, and they're just tired, and they're ready to – it seems like they're ready to make a move. Could be as early as tomorrow, which is Wednesday, July 26th. Happy early birthday to my my daughter, Taylor. She's born on July 26th, so I want to get that shout-out. But they could be moving back. Next on the docket, another oldie but a goodie. It's Northwestern. Uh, since I've last spoken to you, I think I told you about not only the football coach being fired, the defensive coordinator being elevated to being the interim head coach, and all the assistants kept, which is fine odd because those are the people that had more contact with the players than the head coach did, but I guess you can't get rid of everybody at this time of year. So, And they got rid of their baseball coach, too, for uh, a toxic atmosphere in his program. Well, now the softball program is under investigation, and there was one other sport that was listed. So there is a mess at Northwestern. Uh, this is all, again, from uh, hazing with a sexual nature to it in the football program. The other sports is also hazing, but um, I don't know if there was any random nudity, as I told you guys in the last episode, but uh, there seems to be some issues at Northwestern. Well, Big Ten Media Days are this week. I think they start tomorrow or maybe Wednesday. I mean, uh, Thursday, but I think it's tomorrow, Wednesday, July 26th. And uh, Northwestern players said they're not going to media days, and I can't blame them. At the media days, uh, a, the head coach, maybe the coordinators, and then a select panel of players from each team, normally two to three players, go there to answer questions by the media of the conference and nationally, and then also uh, – one might be selected to give a speech, and the head coach gives a speech. Well, the players pretty much figured out that's probably not a place they wanted to be with all this crap going on. So they informed the school and the athletic department that no players will be attending Big Ten Media Days. And like I said, 
I don't blame them at all because why should those poor kids be made to answer questions they have no knowledge of outside of maybe some insights into what happened? But beyond that, they have no knowledge of why the coach was fired or why the defense coordinator was moved up to interim head coach or who would be the next head coach. They don't know any of that. They're just, at this point, they're just wanting to, get practice started, and start playing games. Here's one to keep an eye out for. Director of Football Operations at Notre Dame resigned today immediately for personal reasons. Now, if there's a health reason or a family reason for that, I wish the young man well. But if... There's something going on that's being investigated. Oh, boy, here we go again. (laughs) Like I said, you can never trust these people. Got to give the guy benefit of the doubt right now because he said for personal reasons. But you know as well as I do, there's going to be more to that than meets the eye. So look forward to Look forward to that if it ha- if there is more to report on that. Hey, another fan favorite. NIL, name, image, and likeness, goes to Washington, D.C. Yes, we have some possible legislation being pushed by uh, some senators in Washington to help the schools get a better handle of name, image, and likeness and the way that things are being run so far. Because right now, every state basically has their own rules. And this, and <laughs> this, is, this is the great mess of all of this. Members, and the NC2A is made up of members of the schools who, who volunteer to be members of the NC2A. That's who the NC2A is. As I stated uh, a couple of episodes bef- uh, before this one, those are the members of the NC2A. There's not like a magic panel. Yes, there's a president, but he's elected by the members of the NC2A. Again, which are the schools? The chancellors, presidents, and athletic directors of the schools make up the NC2A. There is no... You know, if anybody works at the NCAA, they're just investigators or they're, they are um, office people. They don't have any real power. The real power lies with the members of the NC2A. So these are also the same people who go to their state legislators and say, hey, in your bill state bill for name image and likeness we'd like to see this because it would they don't say this but it would give us a recruiting advantage but then that same group of people meet with the senators and go hey can you help us get a hand on name image and likeness talking out of both sides of their mouth that's why i always state in these quick hits you can't trust these people and you don't know these people 
How can you go to your uh, state legislature or to your governor and say, hey, can you put this in Mississippi's or Minnesota's or Missouri's name, image, and likeness bill, knowing that it's going to give you an advantage over another state so it can help you recruit, but then turn around and ask U.S. senators for legislation that will stop all of this and get it all under control. Well, the people who need to get things under control are the people who failed in the first place, the members of the NC2A. Plain and simple, these are the same people who fought name, image, and likeness, and then when the court said it's going to happen, just basically sat there and just threw their hands up and said, well, we can't do anything we got to get the federal government involved. And then, like I said, turned around, snuck around in individual schools or individuals and met with their people in their state and asked for legislation that would give them a benefit over another state. What a cycle. What a mess. <laughs> and they're the ones creating it as they continue to draw their fat cat salaries off your donations and ticket money and TV money and every other way that they get money and because they don't want to lose that either. So, again, you don't know these people? Stop saying that they are the smartest, they are the greatest leader of young men and women, this, that, and the other. You don't know them and you don't know that. But the legislation, there is two um, bipartisan, now this is shocking, two bills that have been uh, drafted, and they both have bipartisan support as far as the people who are writing them. Uh, one is Cory Booker, who's a Democrat, Richard Blumenthal, who's a Democrat, and Republican Jerry Moran has they have one draft of a bill, and the other is Tommy Tuberville. Yes, that Tommy Tuberville, who used to be the head coach at Auburn University, who also is the same Tommy Tuberville, who recently got his butt caught in a sling last week when he made a comment about white supremacists being good people and tried to backtrack that. Now, this is a man who made his living coaching African-American youth but was comfortable with saying that white supremacists are good people. Now, I don't know if I'd trust any legislation drawn up by him, but maybe that's just me. And the other is uh, Democrat uh, Senator Manchin. Sorry, I don't know his first name. Senator Manchin and Senator Tuberville have the other bill. It will be interesting to see that if they can actually maybe combine the two and work something out or, or just get one, get it down to one bill and whatnot because they got to help the people who can't help themselves because they can't help themselves because they can't help from sneaking around 
and trying to manipulate things to their betterment. I hope that made sense, but that's what's going on with NIL. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy Harbaugh. Coach Harbaugh. Now, I'll just say that he was not the only school doing or coach during uh, the pandemic lockdown that was um, doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. But he and his staff got caught. Excuse me as I take a sip of water. Yep, they got caught. And what they got caught doing was uh, recruiting during the pandemic lockdown, which was a dead period. And for those who don't understand, you have uh, certain periods, like a live period, which means you can text, you can visit, they can visit you. Everything's pretty much wide open. Then you have a quiet period, which uh, the coaches really are, they're kind of limited on contact and this, that, and the other. And I think the young people can contact you, but you really can't contact them. And then there's a dead period where nothing happens. Well, during the pandemic, we locked down. We were in a dead period. Schools weren't supposed to have young men coming for official visits, unofficial visits. There shouldn't have been any texting, any Zoom visits, nothing. Arizona State committed a lot of that crap under. You play to win the game. Coach Herm Edwards and his staff down at Arizona State was doing everything during the lockdown. And that's part of the reason why you play the win the game isn't a head coach anymore. That and a god-awful record down at Arizona State. But they were doing everything. They had they got caught on tape having young men show up, meeting them in parking lots, taking them out to dinner, all types of stuff. Well... At Michigan, it didn't go that far, but still they broke the law. And what they did was they were texting recruits during that period. There might have been some video stuff as far as like Zoom stuff. And they had an analyst, which this is, I know this is a new term for people in college football. You have people on your staff that call analysts. They can help the head coach as far as, like, break down film, uh, help set the game plan, do future scouting of the, your next opponent, but they're not supposed to be on the field coaching. Well, they had analysts coaching during that period, which is a no-no. Like I said, they were texting athletes, and they were um, – and like I said, they may have been doing some, uh, they were watching, oh, watching their own players via Zoom, which was also not allowed at that period. So now all of this, unlike Arizona State, Arizona State stuff was a level one because it was rampant. It was direct contact. 
I mean, we were in a pandemic at the time. You know, you were supposed to be worried about this healthy, I mean, the health and safety of your staff, yourself, the young men who wanted to come visit you and all of that. Well, uh, Michigan, obviously, it did, doesn't look like they had any face-to-face with any recruits, but still. So their stuff was what they call a level two, a step down. But the accusations have now risen to a level one because Jim Harbaugh was not cooperative with the Committee on Infractions in the NCAA. And he was like, I can't remember, I don't remember, I don't recall doing that, this, that, and the other. So they just basically said he lied to them, and they raised it to a level one. Infraction, which is level one, is the serious one, and the ins and anybody who's worked in college athletics knows this old saying. I'm about to repeat: the cover-up is always worse than the crime. I repeat: the cover-up is always worse than the crime. If you were around back in the '70s doing Watergate and Nixon's White House tried to cover up things. They made things worse by trying to cover up the break-ins that they did at the Watergate Hotel. The cover-up is always worse than the infraction. So with him basically trying to cover it up by not remembering anything has raised everything to a level one infraction. Well, today word came out that he has agreed in principle to a four-game suspension the start of this season. Now, this has to be signed on by the Committee on Infractions at the NC2A. Or it could be changed, or it could just be flat-out denied and be back to square one with the level one hanging over his head. The other thing I remember about uh, Coach Harbaugh, in the last two off-seasons, he interviewed with the Vikings in the first one, and the second one, the Jets and the Broncos. He tried to get out of town and try to get back to, the, as my friends call it, the league. And he uh, was unsuccessful there. He got a big pay raise both time at Michigan. But um, he tried to uh, escape. And some people think part of the reason why he tried to escape was to get away from these charges, which I I stated earlier were level two, which weren't a big deal. All he had to do was say, yeah, we did that. And he probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist, maybe a one-game suspension or a fine. Now he's going to, right now, he and the school, the University of Michigan are offering a Four-game suspension started this season, and probably there would be a fine. Uh, the NC2A have gotten heavier with their fines. There used to be a standard like joke of $5,000, which people <laughs> stated that went into a party pool at the NC2A, but now uh, it is going into the millions he and his tight end coach, his offensive coordinator and former defensive coordinator, could, who were all involved in this mess, could be hit with show cause um, penalties 
which are basically a poison pill. Instead of hurting the kids, they're now using this show cause to, to that may state something like the next school you go to, you got to sit out games so that you can't escape it. Or if you're moving up to be a head coach, you can't coach that first season. So, again, his tight end coach, his offense coordinator, and his former defense coordinator is also going to get hit with this. But the four games this season, and once I read off the schools and the games, you'll know why he agreed to them. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and that all-so-tough Big Ten opener, and I mean all-so-tough Big Ten opener against the state of New Jersey's own Rutgers University. That's right. In the world of college football, four cupcakes. Michigan is expected to be ranked at the beginning of the season no lower than fifth in the polls. And this is their uh, non-conference and start a conference schedule. And those are the four games that Coach Harbaugh is scheduled to miss. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. But remember, he's a great leader of young men. If I had a son, that's who I'd send him to play for and all the cliches you hear on TV. And it's like it just gets sickening after a while. I know of an ex-coach who's long retired that he left William and Mary and the school went on probation he went to Arkansas. The school went on probation. He was at Minnesota. We went on probation. He went to Notre Dame. The school went on probation after he left. He went to South Carolina, and the school went on probation. And every time he's introduced by somebody, they go, the great, the legendary, the this, the that. And I know some people will say to me, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But when is cheating? Well, maybe it's become the norm now with all the stuff you see. But in my world, when is cheating been accepted to the point that it makes you great? Eh, I don't know. Well, we'll be back, and I'll put a bow on this show here next, here on the JB's. Quick hits on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four seconds. That's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades. We excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. 
And we're back to put a bow on this show. Today's songs were on purpose, were Parliament Funkadelic, which you just heard knee deep because most of this stuff <laughs> spit spit out today just shows you how knee deep in you know what college athletics could be. And also Ugly by uh, DJ Sparks because... Not only is this stuff knee-deep, but it's rather ugly, too. Well, continue to listen. Tell a friend. Uh, keep sending the uh, mail in. I got a couple of quick mail ba uh, bag items to re read, and we can get out of here. Thumbs up from Andy J., the grounds crew, crew boss at the University of Minnesota. Thank you, Andy. And Anissa L., she stated this about the last podcast. She was looking forward to listening to that, and I appreciate her listenership. Well, again, tell a friend, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, other locations, that's where they can find me. Again, I want to thank Mike Bryant of Bradshaw Bryant Law Firm for the title sponsorship. Also, my college roommate and buddy, Al Link Johnson of Link's Art, for his sponsorship in this program. And, of course, our other hidden sponsor, jbsgloverepair.com. I wish I knew that guy. Maybe I could get some money from him. But anyway, thank you to all my sponsors. And stay tuned. Keep your ears open and keep your eyes wide. Because you never know when I might pop up again here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name, and fing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django, JB. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. JB. Our great Negro sex machine.